0: What is up, you beautiful people? Welcome back to the Built on Bitcoin podcast, where you know what we do here. We talk about everything going on in the Stacks ecosystem. And today, I have Chris Castig-Leon on the podcast. You may have seen him around as Castig or Castig.btc, around Twitter or on Discord. And Chris and his team are building something called Console. If you haven't seen any any of these announcements yet, they're trying to build... Discord for web three and there's a lot to unpack in that, you know. uh, we've seen the scams on Discord, people can just jump in, you know, hop into your DMs and send a link that looks exactly like something else and empty your wallet. And so there's an aspect of what the building of this what is kind of talked about as a decentralized identity which allows you to have verifiable chats with people. So I know that because you hold that .BTC name, you are jakeblockchain.BTC. And so you're not just faking the funk and using his profile picture. And I think I'm getting, you know, I'm 90% there. Um, This really opens up a lot of good discourse when you know you're talking to that other person that's on the other side of the computer. Um, So I think that's super interesting. Also, you know, with crypto, there's always an economic aspect. And it really makes sense to have, uh, you know, DAO tooling and maybe a treasury built into some of these communities. They're they're talking on Discord, and so they're doing something with that as well. Uh, we cover a lot. There's a lot of aspects, and it's a super super interesting conversation. Chris is a he's, It's hard to put into words. He's just got great energy. I, I love talking to Chris. Fantastic interview. Uh, so yeah, let me, let me not say any more and let's just jump right into this interview with Chris Castiglione, co-founder of Consul. Welcome to Built on Bitcoin. Chris, how you doing today, my man? Hey man, I'm great, Jake. Happy to be good here. good good and, and just make sure i get it right how do you pronounce your full name you can just call me castig but it's it's castig but castig oh. you sound like you're part of the you belong in like the goodfellas or something you're part of the family well sopranos was filmed in my town so perfect perfect yeah i've seen your name around uh castig is a it's a prominent name around the discord um and i'm, I'm excited to have you on i I've been seeing what you've been building in different kind of aspects. I saw you on the on the GitHub page on the grants program, uh, inquiring about a multi-safe something or other. And so I'm like, okay, he's building you know some kind of like Gnosis safe type of tool. And then at um, Bitcoin Unleashed, you gave this super impassioned uh, pres- presentation. I think everyone was like on the edge of their seats. It was you could just tell your passion in how you're presenting this. Like you couldn't wait to just Show console to the world, so I never just open there with you know the 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 broad question of what what are you building what what is console? Thanks, Jake. Um, yeah, we announced it at Miami
1: um, just a few weeks ago, and console. Uh, I I'm excited yeah to share it with everybody because it's been something that we've been working on in stealth for about the seven months right now. We started last August and. Console's Web3 Discord is really what it is, and it's also going to be a lot more. It's going to also have a lot of DAO tooling and it's going to be open source. And I think like the real problem we're solving, I mean, there's a problem with Discord, which a lot of people I think seem to agree with. It's very noisy. And also, you know, as I demonstrated in Miami during, during my talk, there's a lot of hacks on Discord, you know, millions of dollars are lost. Seemingly every week, every month. Like I, I recounted a few of them through the mutinate Ape Club and the ticketing tool and, and a lot of these things. But in addition, it's not just about the loss of, of money on Discord or the noise on Discord. It's really that these are competing with the trust that we have for our organizations. And if we want to bring people together, bring tens, tens of people together, hundreds or thousands of people together and do amazing things, we really need to just have a lot more signal and a lot more trust in in the people we're coordinating with. So so that's the bigger, the bigger mission of of console. And um yeah, and it'll be launching this summer. And there'll be a lot more I can share with you in this talk.
0: <laughs> love it. Love it. Uh okay so I love I love the idea of a web three Discord because you know what Discord seems to be like they they're kind of gamer first. It's kind of their their biggest cohort that they interact with and crypto has kind of adopted it. And we've seen some interplays of like MetaMask, maybe bringing it on. There was a bunch of pushback, you know, you're opening up too much of a gate too early or not in the right way. I think was how the community was taking it. Um, And I want to deep dive on a ton of, of, there's tons of nuances there of trust and and pseudonymity and all these things. But before we get there, I want to go back to you and your history kind of like, what's your background before you got into stacks Um, kind of like, what you were building up until you you made the jump into building on Bitcoin? Yeah, sure. Um, for I was always, I mean, going all the way back. I
1: in college was obsessed with Napster and, and uh, BitTorrent. I just, as a music major myself, um, I just found it fascinating that from my bedroom, literally, I can just share music that I was I was playing with and just like distribute it all over the world in this kind of like peer to peer way. You know, I think maybe, you know, I definitely dating myself a little there, but like, I just like before that, it just felt like there wasn't like before Spotify, like there wasn't really a way to kind of get your, your stuff out there and to do it in like a free way where people could just connect with me fascinated me. So, um, I changed my major from a music major and started to learn to code. <laughs> um, and then my master's was in basically in P2P distributed networks. Like I was just, I was just fascinated. Um, fascinated with this so um so that was where i came from and i was a developer and i was learning to code and all of that and then i got really interested around 2011 in teaching people how to code because i felt like wow i had been giving this creative power to like make things like i could imagine things or coordinate with my friends like we could make like, just like, I don't know, like a million startups. Like can, most of them failed, but a few didn't, you know, a few of them were great. Um, but just that process, it was really just a lot of building confidence, um, building skills, uh, gave me autonomy. I could travel anywhere. And so, yeah, I started teaching people how to code at um, General Assembly. I was part of the founding team here in New York, and then went on to start my own company called One Month in 2013. And that was when I found crypto because my co-founder and I, um, Matanga and I, we applied to Y Combinator. And when we got in, they fly you out to Silicon Valley and I was pretty young and I'd never been to Silicon Valley. And all of a sudden you get there and it's like, it's like the future, all of a sudden. There's like something called a lift that picks you up. We didn't have that in New York yet, you know? And um, I don't know, seamless and like all all these things are like, uh, it seemed like so normal there. And Bitcoin was one of those things. People were paying each other in Bitcoin. And, and, and buying things on Silk Road and all this kind of stuff. So um, so that's how I got on my radar. And soon after I met Muneeb, because Muneeb had went through Y Combinator as well. And he really just kind of turned this vision on about the future of the internet and how we can own our own data and our own identity and really just all the amazing things about, you know, the decentralization of Web3. And, you know, he was talking about that in 2014, 2013, 2014. So, so since that was, an, I've just had this bug to just contribute and just be part of this. And so last summer, I left my Web2 company, <laughs> teaching people how to code. And yeah, I immediately jumped on the opportunity to build something on Bitcoin. So that's, that's a long story short, or maybe kind of long story about how I got here.
0: That is fascinating. So you were at General Assembly until last year? No, I was at General Assembly in 2011 through 13. Yeah, okay. got it. Yeah, I talked to Kelly from Blue Studios, who's in Accelerator currently, okay. and she went from J.P. Morgan to General Assembly and was a teacher yeah. there, and that was kind of her first little foray into being more entrepreneurial. And uh, now, now she's building on Bitcoin too. It's it's interesting too. You you have a peer to peer like systems background, and that seems to be a lot of people in stacks that like they seem to be they understand the the uh, blocks that blockchains inherently have. And yeah. so they build very deliberately in a way that it's going to scale over time that, you know, when you see something like some of the competitors, they're making trade-offs at layer one that is people that understand this was better seem like they're just like, it actually makes more sense to build on Bitcoin. Was that one of the things that caught your eye too? Oh, yeah. I mean, Bitcoin definitely.
1: And then even just the vision you know, so there's something you learn in Y Combinator that's drilled into your head, and that it's not about the idea that a founder has, but it's about the founder, right? Paul Graham used to use the word fortitude. Like, like, is that person gonna wake up? Are they, you know, if they hit a brick wall, are they gonna keep being scrappy and figuring it out, do they have that fortitude? And it's about investing in the person. And you know that was just really drilled into my head, and that was you know um, when I when I saw the people working on stacks, I think the fortitude of this team to build something decentralized, like truly decentralized, even if it meant launching late, you know, after Ethereum and Solana or like all these things that we didn't even know about. You know, they. I think they they had the first, in some ways, the first mover advantage, and I think that in some ways they really took their time because of their appreciation for the long, the long game of. Um, I think you know that's why we're all here. It's just the long game of what we think is possible if we put decentralization first. So yeah, between the people and Bitcoin, I was like, no, this just
0: this just makes sense. Got it. Yeah, I think uh, it's an interesting word, fortitude, and I, I definitely when I look at what how long stacks have been being built. Because like I got here in May, and so there was already like, you could stack, the there, there was a lot of buzz, things were coming, you know, Arcadeco's on the way, Alex is on the way, NFT marketplaces started popping up. But I got here kind of at like the fun part. And like for, for years before, there's just people coding and thinking through really hard problems and having that fortitude to just like focus on the mission, because you know that like over a long enough time horizon, you're going to get there. Yeah. That's, that's so interesting. I think that's uh, true. Yeah, I think I think Stacks was
1: definitely thinking about web3 and like publicly in 2016, you know, there was conferences that Naval and Snowden and Balaji were were all part of and nobody else was doing that at the time. Um so there's also a joke that somebody was like, "What did you guys talk about back then?" Like how, how the yeah. how the wallet was so cool that you could just set because it, it wasn't like it was still being built. It was so it was so. Now there's you're right. Now that you come there's whole ecosystem of of like I can't even keep up with all the projects. So yeah. yeah.
0: And and you can get you can get a snippet of what it might have been like because you guys would have town halls on Zoom. And it was just like, you know, you was at like a, a whiteboard and people were yeah. just like talking. And it's like, whoa, this is so different than you know, seeing the stacker chats and you know all, all this different stuff. It's it's yeah it's like a being a fly on the wall would be, would be cool back then. Um Okay, I want to I want to start to start to deep dive into console more more aggressively now and explore some of these topics. I'm, I'm curious what what was the biggest pain point you saw first when you started to get the idea for what you were building. I think the pain
1: point was mostly that wow, there's there was quite, there was quite a few things and like to be honest, the where we arrived with a console. The first thing we did was we had some hypotheses, and then we tested those by just interviewing tons of people. I want to say we spoke with probably fifty people um, and had just like intense, like hour long conversations. Um, and we, we have a, we had a team of um, of nine people that were that were working with us to like do interviews and do design experiments and this, you know, we went through this process over about two months to really kind of like test our hypothesis. So our, our first hypothesis was actually one that I think might be wrong, but it's maybe interesting to share was just that people would want to log on and just have completely anonymous, like conversations with, with like wallets, right? That was like one, like, like a space where just Bitcoin wallets could talk to each other. Um, That kind of people didn't want that and what we found in our research, but we did find that people liked the idea of the BTC name, which is like, it makes sense. And like, you you know, your BTC name verifies your identity and then having like verified chat there. So, so that was, that started to become really attractive. um, And people had a problem with that. Um, You know, the second problem was just, Discord is really noisy and people just didn't, it wasn't onboarding people, people didn't feel, it also felt like it was one type of person. If we want to make web three inclusive, you know i think we want to have tools that more people can use besides you know gamers and and hackers that like it takes a little work to get onboarded um and i think i think that makes it that makes it tricky and then the third problem we saw was just that there was a lot of really great innovation happening with daos in ethereum um and some of those primitives those building blocks were missing on Bitcoin. So that was the big vision. How do we bring Gnosis safe to Bitcoin? You know, how do we bring off chain voting, but that we can secure it with Bitcoin? Um, so we put all this together and, you know, after a lot of testing came up with uh console, which is, you know, we're just calling it like Web3 Discord, because people get people get that. And then beyond that, you know, there's a whole suite of modules is what we're calling them that extend it with this kind of DAO tooling. Okay very cool
0: um you mentioned so i I haven't heard that that anonymized chat thing i don't know if i use that either so i could i could see why that (laughs) i I could see why that maybe wasn't the one yeah but, but the ens name and the bns name like this this kind of like having reputation and a decentralized identity online um some people get it, you know, Reddit is probably like the best example of kind of what it feels like, where like you build this pseudonym, you do get karma and reputation, but you can't carry it anywhere. So like, right. if, if you get banned or you delete it, you have to restart fresh, Right. but you kind of do, you get some sense of loss or some sense of like value from I've built up these thousand karma points because I've been providing value. And so that's where you guys are starting to unlock it with, with a, a BNS name. Um I'm, I just have to explore that a little bit. like first, how, how do you think about that of, of verify identity, decentralized identity, and uh, especially in this like web3 is so pseudonymous heavy, where everyone's so privacy focused. How do, you, how do you feel about that blend of having a persistent identity, but also being privacy focused in this current era?
1: Yeah, I think I think there's two things to unpack there. I think you know one is that some people have needs, they want to be pseudonymous. You know, we definitely found that in a lot of the research and a lot of people we talk to. People want to be synonymous. And also certain or types of organizations, people do want to be accountable and to have a kind of persistent. Um so I'd, I'd say people want to be anonymous, and then some people want to be like pseudonymous where you carry the name over from different groups. With console, we're giving people really the option to explore the level of pseudonymity that they want. So there can be communities where everyone's synonymous. That's totally fine. You know, we found in the Megapont group chatting with um with some of the people there that there are some people that haven't entered Megapont because they you know even just getting on discord in some ways potentially doxes you um just because of the nature of having to carry around your avatar in certain places and i don't know just even having the web two username and password like it's tied to like your credit card like there's all these like kind of points where you could potentially be doxed, and some people that are really serious about that they just don't even enter the community at all and you know, I think the community is at a loss if the biggest supporters can't potentially join. So so I think console offers that granularity where certain communities can set up their own rules and they can allow anything from anonymous to pseudonymous to like, you know, maybe just verified you have to be, you know, something with city coins, you know, which is a project to support local cities. We may, this isn't confirmed by any means, but there's like ideation to potentially have, you know, local ids right maybe you you know maybe your id is tied to your zip code for example or you know or, or some or some nft that is non-transferable that only you can have that verifies that you are in fact geolocated or pay taxes in that city and that you should your voice should be amplified so i think there's a lot of possibility that that can be explored with identity um but the one thing i know that doesn't work is just how broken identity is in web 2 because bots anyone can spin up a bot anyone can spin up uh and when i say anyone i mean i I need to do some tweet storms about this but you know there's just a lot of recorded like if you look at what russia has done in in past elections just as one example i mean just spinning up tens of thousands of bots you know and just like unleashing them on twitter and facebook and all this stuff um so it's these swarms of, of potential disinformation and amplification of the noise over over the true signal of the people that are trying to coordinate.
0: Well said. Um, something that comes to mind, you see it with like Twitter, we have like blue check accounts, but sp- especially nowadays, like you are seeing with, with this new uh, era of scams, where they'll buy a blue check account, make it look like a Moonbirds account, make the website look beautiful. Like it, it almost checks all the boxes of what trust should look like uh, before And I was on a a call with the BNS working group and they were talking about um, the danger of trading your BNS. Like there's a BNS marketplace on Byzantium. And so there's this kind of like push and pull of as you build trust in a name, like Jake Blockchain or Castig, but if for some reason you decide to sell it, if someone else commandeered it, they would go into something like console and would assume all the built up trust that is, would currently be there? Is that, is that safe to assume? I'm just trying to think through that. That question popped up in my head.
1: Yeah. It's a really great question that I don't have a definitive answer or a really strong, strong opinion on. Um, But I I know that that's been a debate among certain people in the working group. And I guess to just reframe it, you know, the idea of like, if you have some verifiable identity, whether it's your DNS or even just an NFT, right. Um, There was a, there was a, Let's say a well-known megapont person. I don't I just won't say the name, but who sold their NFT. And you know, when you when you're talking in Twitter in the feed or in Discord, you see that NFT. You just kind of instinctually you just trust that that's that person. And so it also brings up the question about like, should you be able to trade your NFT if it's like, um, you know, if that becomes your identity? I don't know. I I think I think it's tricky. Um, I think it, I think I would like to see at some point. I think this is just like big thinking and I don't know that I don't know exactly this is uh, the technologies here for this yet, but I think at some point having some kind of like zero knowledge proof ID where we can all verify that we are, you know, in a non-transferable way that I am who I say I am and I can share that data, maybe my credit score. And I can say like, this is my, you know, whatever information you need to, don't even talk to me about buying a house, right? You try to buy a house, you have to <laughs> give every single piece of data that you know that ever could be used to hack you, and then you have just put it in an unsecure email and press send. So I think we we do, you know, a lot of the experiments in Web three are happening in petri dishes. You can say that want to bring on the rest of the world. I want to onboard and be more inclusive for like everyone else, and um, I think we need to think a little bigger. So I, I think the debate is really important and i think we just need to run more experiments and and keep keep building and see what what's right and that's where i'm at with that
0: yeah no, i, I feel the same way it's like it, it's a question that's good because it's it is early so like there's no definitive answers yet because the market hasn't spoken we don't know or, or just like you you said like you could add on other levels of of verification that maybe act in some small aspect of it like at your computer level or device level like all, all those kind of things uh yeah. it's just so early that like we're we, there's no definitive answers yet. So that that makes sense. But the reason I asked is because when you when you start looking at things like DAOs, where people are starting to rethink what organizations look like or the future of work could look like, um, trust is a key component of that. And so like that's one element where things can get thorny, but um, DAOs seem like they're gonna be a massive sea change over the next 10, 20, 30 years for how we organize like completely. Um, and that trust element is is crucial, where like I know who I'm who I'm interfacing with, I, I have your history, so that I can project the end of the future at some level and we can coordinate and, and build off of. Um I guess first this broad question, like how do you think of Dallas? You know, it's a question that like everyone's got different definitions. How do you how do you define or how do you think of Dallas? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I take a really broad interpretation of the definition. Um I mean, putting aside that there are technically legal definitions now, I think just broadly about a decentralized organization, we could just say that Um, it can be a lot of different things. And, you know, we're seeing groups calling themselves DAOs that are really just kind of in Discord still, and they're just kind of putting together their roadmap. They're putting together their token plan they're putting together whatever and and i think that's great i think they are a DAO. like in my eyes they are they are just a decentralized group of people coming together to do something amazing and i don't know that there should be um i don't know that there should be limits put on that like creative limits because we just still need to experiment more to really figure out what this is and in my eyes i i see what's happening right now as like the third industrial evolution of how we organize. And so to put that in perspective, I see the first wave um, was the start of the modern corporation. So, you know, the C Corp, the LLC, all of this stuff, all of this really came from the first industrial revolution, which was which came from the invention of the steam engine and the railway, right? Um, fast forward a little bit, the invention of the computer in the 1960s brought forth a new way of organizing on this planet that had never been seen, you know, so we'd have just a recap, we had governments, and then we had this thing, this corporation that I just mentioned, which was only in like the 1800s, right? So pretty recent. And then in the mid to late 1900s, open source software. So open source software now allows people from around the world to collaborate and make software together. And it's the kind of thing where if you tried to write it and say like, here's my business plan for how we're going to make Linux, like nobody would have done it. Nobody would have funded you. Nobody would have believed it, but it happened, you know? And then it happened again and again with Wikipedia, with WordPress, with just like, you know, Ruby run Rails and just tons of projects, right? And we all benefit from this, but there hasn't been a funding model, right? For how to incentivize open source, aside from maybe karma or having alternative ways to to make money you know kevin kelly has this this article about i think it's the seven generative ways that you can build on free right so basically Look that up if you haven't. It's an amazing article, and he writes about it in one of his books. But but the idea being that if something's for free, how do you make money? And so the, this list that Kevin Kelly's come up with pretty much summarizes the ways that like the open source movement has been making money. You sell the manual instead. You sell um, tutorials for how to use it. You sell maybe like a customized licensed version, right? Um, but all of these are I think a bit distractions because now you know you're taking it away from building in some ways, and so here we are at this third stage, like Bitcoin is this new technology and it's giving us new ways to organize. So we look back, we have the modern corporation, we have open source, and now I would say the third wave is DAOs. And it's like day one of DAOs, like literally, I know Vitalik wrote about it in 2014 for the first time, but it is just like the first year of experimentation. And I think we need a lot more experimentation over the next few years. all that to say how i think about how console can contribute to that console is in some ways trying to be unopinionated about how you create your dao you can be just a group of people you can in that on the, on the kind of loose end or you can be more strict and you know have everything on chain with your treasury and with your voting but the interpretation i think can come at the human layer and, and the people layer to run those experiments and people try different things and then hopefully report back and and share that with the broader community so that we can all learn and, and continue to experiment over the next few decades.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I think um, it's good. Like crypto does align a lot of incentives. So it, it's very good in that way. It has been hard for me. And maybe it's just because I, you know, I come from more of a traditional, traditional background. Open source doesn't make sense. Like there's so many aspects of it where I'm just like, you're just gonna give that away, or like, where where's your security coming from? It just I, my mind explodes every time I see yeah. how much get people give just for the mission.
1: It's counterintuitive for sure.
0: Yeah. So hopefully, as we run more experience and see that what works, the fact that we see things that actually work, you know, like people are trying Constitution DAO. There's a lot of these DAOs there for like a single purpose, and they fundraise, and you just like you can amass a big group of people for that one thing. So some of those work, some of those don't, but we're gonna, like you said, we're going to see tons more experiments. And as we run those and we build on them, we're able to like abstract more levels of that to put them towards more open source and different projects. Yeah. That's, that's going to be exciting. Yeah. That's, that's the journey. That's awesome. Okay. Um, I've got a couple more questions. I'm curious. So that I think for most of us, the trust machines announcement was like, Oh my God. Like Madeev does it again, like he's moving to this new thing, he got a new sum of money. We're gonna get like these super amazing applications built on Bitcoin. And the mm-hmm. two that have now come out of it that we know of are Zest is being built and console is being built. And I'm just curious because it's kind of a black box until you guys announce something. What's it actually like building inside of trust machines as as a previous founder and that kind of thing? Like what's it like building inside that entity?
1: Yeah, yeah. Thanks. So um trust machines. Started, I guess we actually started last fall, more or less. But it was announced in February once the round of funding and everything, I guess, was finalized to announce. So yeah, Trust Machines is um, the company, but <laughs> it feels like it feels like uh, a lot more because we are part of this decentralized ecosystem. So there's a lot of support within the ecosystem. But Trust Machines is a company with a mission to build on Bitcoin, right? Is just to further what is possible with bitcoin make make bitcoin you know one of the most valuable assets in the world and to that extent we are funding different projects some somewhat like an incubator model in a way but really just like in-house building these apps is really what we're doing so yeah myself with console and Tiho, who runs uh, zest protocol which is at uh, zestprotocol.com it's a defi bitcoin app uh, are working within the collective, and, but also it's almost like they're separate companies. It's almost like they're kind of their own individual companies. I think the model was probably inspired somewhere, like uh, what, I think what Consensus had done in the Ethereum. I don't know all the details of that, but I know they had this spoke model and basically like these companies that kind of come together. And there's room to bring on new companies in the future to continue, yeah, to continue our mission of building on Bitcoin. And I guess the thing that's really neat, maybe I didn't mention yet, is that in between these companies though we can really share knowledge and operations you know things like hiring funnel things like marketing things like um, like the budget like as a founder to not have myself to not have to do the fu- you know cuz i I've, I've done the fundraising myself and it's quite a distraction you know really as a founder to have to do the fundraising for a few months to have to do a lot of the operational stuff, even just like setting up payroll, all of that is, is can really be a headache. And so, you know, at the center of these companies, which is Trust Machines, we have people who are just the top, the A++ people, I would say, that <laughs> are just like the best at that, who are helping us do it. And um, I think it provides a real opportunity for us to build quicker. And I think it provides a real opportunity for Bitcoin, um, even bringing on Bitcoin core devs and some people even to work on some EVM compatible stuff to like, you know, make this stuff more friendly with other chains. So, yeah, there's a, a big vision and there's a lot that we are um, that is coming up in the next year. So I would say stay tuned.
0: That's awesome. It also sounds amazing as a builder, just like all those little headaches of fundraising and accounting, yeah. all the back end stuff that detracts you from doing what you're best at or that makes you feel most alive. He, they just give you the infrastructure, just like go. As fast as you can.
1: Yeah, it's it's been. I get to do what I love to do and focus on that, which is you know building products, um, talking with talking with people who are going to be using the product and yeah and uh, and getting it out there.
0: That's badass. Okay, uh, it's the last question I have on my docket, and the question is, what's the future of console? And even as I wrote that, I'm like. Even just hearing you talk now, you're very iterative. It seems like so. I'm 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 wondering how far do you guys even think out versus like just doing these small experiments and uh, you know building the product for the current feedback and customer base you're getting.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Jake. Um, good question. So this summer we're launching with our first DAO, and it's going to be Crash bunks So we we announced that in in Miami a few weeks ago. So Crash bunks is they have. I think they have about twenty-five thousand people in their Discord. This summer, they're going to close that down, move over to Console, and and start building with us. We've learned a lot working with them so far, and I think once they make the move, we'll also start to learn. You know, um, a, a lot as, as we watch them for and as we you know we collaborate we collaborate with them. Um, console is at least for the first probably few dozen <laughs> DAOs working to be really collaborative and as hands-on as as. As the dow would like us to be so we want to offer that if anyone out there would like to start you know bring your community to console we have an application online that you can apply so i'll, I'll give that out in a second um and i would say if you know you can be a community you can be a dow like i said our definition is pretty loose we will have oh yeah and jake i can go over some of like the main features but you know the core feature will be verified chat so verified by an nft or an FT. So a fundable token, you have some kind of token in your wallet. If you only want to have a group that's people that have like one Bitcoin in your wallet, like that can be a group that you commit, you know, um, for example, or if you want a membership, you could spin up a new NFT. We're working with par- our partners at Gamma. We're working with Stack Swaps and a, a bunch of different people. You don't even need to create your DAO. It could be Stacker DAO. You can work with the different people in the ecosystem. All our code is going to be open and, you know, you can use console for where the community thrives and grows. So that's the chat that we offer. On the top of that, we'll have three modules. So treasury, bounties, and voting for governance. The treasury will be a lot like, I would say, Gnosis Safe in the Ethereum ecosystem. Our treasury, the one we're using is called Multisafe, and that's at multisafe.xyz if anyone's interested in a treasury. The vision of Multisafe is Pulling together Stacks or pulling together Bitcoin and being able to basically just create a multi, multi-signature kind of uh, wallet where it's basically like a safe because it's a Clarity smart contract. And there's a lot there I could talk about as well. But So it's this treasury, the voting will be really similar to Snapshot. It'll be off-chain, but because Stacks gas is affordable, <laughs> it's really affordable compared to a lot of other chains. Um, we'll also have an on-chain option as well. Um, for anyone that wants that. And then we'll also have bounties, which is more or less like a Kanban board for organizing how things get done within your organization. So yeah, that's that's the next year. Um, on top of that, we're looking to partner with people that want to contribute to the open source project, creating new modules, creating custom strategies for voting, and potentially even some EVM compatibility stuff to bring in other ecosystems that want to use the use it. So we're going to hand it over to the people who want to build and see the direction. So if there's people out there that like, the, like what we're doing and just want to collaborate, want to contribute, um, or want to come over, we're on Twitter, console Dow at console Dow. So you can just come reach out.
0: Awesome. Uh excited, excited. I mean, when I watched the presentation in Miami, I was super hyped hearing about it now. I'm getting fired up all over again. Uh yeah, I think everyone, I think you've probably sold a lot of crash punks after the announcement because everyone wants to <laughs> see what this is gonna look like once once it goes live. Uh that's all the questions I have. Any 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 closing thoughts or things that I didn't cover you wanna you want to touch on?
1: I don't think so. Our website is console.xyz, c o n. So console dot xyz and if any communities or dows out there want to be considered for the first 10 after crash bunks then you can just go to start dot console.xyz and if you go to start.console.xyz there's an application um that you could fill out and we'll have lots of uh, sneak previews coming out over the next few weeks. And so, yeah, I would say just stay tuned to the Twitter, stay tuned to the emails that we'll be sending out. Um, we'll have a lot of opportunities to get involved. And we'd love to hear from from people that want to contribute or have ideas. We're open source. <laughs> Let us know. I mean, I mean that not only in the code, but just like
0: in our access, <laughs> like just just reach out is what I mean. <laughs> that's per- that's perfect. That's perfect. It was, it was cool too to hear you. You're working towards being platform agnostic. And as this tool grows, everyone can take part take part in it and you guys are kind of like the, the hub at some, some sense of reputation and com- communities.
1: Yeah, you know, and I will say that, you know, we're, we're starting on Bitcoin because we just see this huge opportunity. So if anyone out there is considering building a DAO or a token, we just see the, you know, the possibility to do this on Bitcoin is just enormous. Bitcoin has the most liquidity out there. More people have Bitcoin than any other currency. Um, Bitcoin is name recognition. It's the most decentralized, you know, currency out there. It is currency, right? It is real money that's being adopted by countries, you know, and not trying to knock any other chains. Because I think a multi-chain, and think that there's benefit for all. All the chains have different use cases, but you know, I just haven't heard a conversation where Solana is being considered by like a European nation to be or like <laughs> an African nation or like a Latin American nation to be. So you know, um, Bitcoin is currency, and so you know, you put that together, and I think. The ability to create Bitcoin DAOs that that is new. I mean, this is a new. The ability to do that is very new, and so we we just see that as an opportunity. But beyond that, yeah, we're we're very welcoming to other people that want to build on top of console and bring it to other chains. Like we we see that as the future as well. So amazing.
0: I think that's a that's a good way to end it. I mean, we're going to see a renaissance of organization, I think, with DAOs, and you guys are playing no small part. In, in, helping that come to fruition. So I know we, well, I say for myself, but everyone else too, thank you for what you're building, Chris. I appreciate the interview, but I also appreciate you in general. Hey, thank
1: thank you. You're how I stay up to date on what's going on in Stacks and Bitcoin. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to be here. Like honored to be on this podcast and I really appreciate you taking the time today to ask such thoughtful
0: questions. Thank you. Love it. Love it. Appreciate you. Until uh, next time. Welcome to
1: Built on Bitcoin. I know that things don't always go your way, but I'll be right here waiting. i waiting now. I've been trying to figure out a way to make it out. Make it out because I don't think about everything going wrong.